Welcome to the Art Studio Insights Podcast, where we demystify the creative process and exchange ideas with career-minded artists. We are your hosts, Adriana Amay and... Jackie Sanders. We're two emerging artists sharing forward the advice and business lessons we have learned along our journey. So if you're not already, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you will be notified when we drop a new episode every week. On today's episode, I am super, super excited for this topic because we're going to be talking about the importance of documenting your journey. And this can include pictures, videos, keeping sketches from some of your studies, basically all of those things that just document your creative process and creative progression as your work develops and as your art career grows. So there's so many reasons why this is important to do. So we hope this conversation may inspire fellow artists to look at documenting their journey in a new way and maybe inspire you to take some steps that your future self will be very thankful that you took. Absolutely. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to start in reverse. So we're going to begin with why would you go document this journey from the perspective of you're no longer walking this beautiful earth. So long after you're gone, you know, what's the importance of, of documenting it, you know, for purposes of your legacy that you're yeah. behind. So we're going to dig in with that first and then then we'll move on to, you know, in this day and age kind of situation. So uh, first things first. So one of the reasons that you know you would document your journey is to be able to show your progress or evolution over time so think of picasso and how he has the blue period or you can even think of van gogh and like the different sunflowers and things that he was going through um in a way as art can reflect kind of our state of being and kind of our progression then just think about being able to document documenting that and even if you're still around this earth right being able to look back and see these different areas of your creative journey of your creative practice also along those same lines think you know fast forward into the future you know maybe one of the big museums it's like creating a <laughs> retrospective exhibition of your work well it's going to be a heck of a lot easier for them to put it together if they have information about like your inspiration sources if they have yeah. of your work your sketches your notes so, like they can create the story or recreate the story of what you were trying to communicate through the work or where you were in time if you were documenting that throughout your journey uh, yeah or- and i feel like that's like the perfect way to look at it especially when thinking of like some of these old masters that have series retrospectives in these big museums now that's not an uncommon thing and something that's easy to identify and it's so cool being able to see maybe a field of flowers that's a painting and then the actual what the field looks like it's obviously more modern time but imagine if there was a photograph that was taken at the time that that painting was done being able to show the side by side what was the artist's interpretation and i think that's the one thing now being artists in an age of technology we have that at our fingertips and so both from the exhibition retrospective having all those elements documented along the way but also as a perk to your collectors too thinking of whoever's going to buy your painting next month or 10 years from now or 40 years from now or 100 years from now imagine if they had a video of different marks that you were making in the actual creative process or source photos or all these different ways of documenting your journey that would be such a cool added asset for a collector and really a perk of building that relationship with your future audience which is so cool yeah and then there's also the side of 
you know, whether you do this for money or not, right? Legacy, you're right. not around. Money's not, you know, that's not going to help you at this point. But think of it instead as making the world a better place, which I know sounds cliche, but or leaving it better than the way you found it kind of, you know, that's what my mother would always say anyways. Yeah. But your artwork, let's say it provides respite, delight, and joy to viewers, right? You want people to experience that for a long time. Or perhaps your artwork is communicating messages of social justice or artivism. Yeah. Or maybe you're using our artwork to capture a specific point in time, maybe of a feeling or maybe of a specific place that, you know, a photo or other digital media cannot capture. Um, just think about how that not just, you know, the artwork itself, but also yourself as an artist and the journey you're documenting could definitely inspire generations of artists to come. I mean, art history, we're talking about people that haven't been around for a very long time for the most part, and we can still revisit their lives, revisit their works. It's like you hear about Van Gogh's, you know, letters to his brother Theo, and I mean, yeah. wrote detailed notes of different things that were going on in his life. It was actually fascinating. So being able to read those snippets and things like that, think of how, you know, we never know, right, if our artwork is going to rise to those ranks or not. Yeah. Who knows? For some people, that is a goal. For some people, they couldn't care less. Again, you're not going to be around. But you could think of it as like, wouldn't it be nice? You know, could I take the steps necessary to that to make sure that it's in alignment? If this is something that I think would be really, really amazing and awesome, you know, to happen after I'm gone, why not take the steps now? You know, don't don't try to do this like when you're 95 years old and you can't remember where you left the notes on that painting from 50 years ago. But right. I'll get it over with and have it somewhere that can be retrieved later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And especially, I mean, I just think back to probably about five, six years ago, I was working at a handful of galleries and art museums and art centers um, throughout my college experience up in Virginia. And that was probably my favorite part of working at these institutions was one, like going into the archives and seeing these photographs of artists like painting in progress or sketches of their studies. And even to this day in museums, that's probably my favorite part of most exhibitions is seeing like the artist's sketchbook, like we talked about in previous episode, being able to see this little study that they may have not even thought twice about when they were doing it, then turned out to be this hallmark front of a solo exhibition star piece. But it started as this little sketch and really being able to humanize the creative process, which is one thing we talk about on the podcast a lot, like demystifying the creative process. Um, I think is such a cool part of as artists, one, being able to communicate with people through our artwork, but also as humans to humans, like sharing the, the human experience. And it's just another language in which we get to connect with more people. And so being able to have all those things at your fingertips is a huge asset. Obviously, like we've talked about, like once you're no longer here and it'll save future researchers a lot of time if you already have a nice folder of all these source materials or sketches or whatever you decide to document. But honestly, this day and age, like we touched on earlier, with the use of technology, it's also a huge asset as you're marketing your work, as you're building relationships with future collectors and really wanting to show behind the scenes process. One quote quote that I heard recently that I absolutely love as I keep sticking with me is the more people are invested in your creative journey, the more invested they will be on your creative output. So true. 
And that was one of those like mic drop quotes that I heard that like completely, I feel like it takes the weight off of this pressure to like, you have to post on social media. You have to send this newsletter. You have to do this, have to do that. Of like, the more people are invested in your creative journey, the more they'll be invested in your creative output. So just document what you're doing. Yes, there's marketing strategy and action item verbiage and all of these nitty gritty things to try to get the algorithm on your side. And then the algorithm changes. And like, it can be a headache at times if you really want to get into the nuts and bolts of it. But when it comes down to it, that's all marketing really is, especially as an artist. Just share the process, share the journey. You have control over the narrative that you share. And so even if you're working from your kitchen table, sharing that process, what does that look like? And then when you have a solo exhibition of your artwork, people will be like, oh my goodness, look how far you've come since you were doing these sketches in a 30 minute time block because you were juggling a million other things in your life. Really getting people, and I think especially this day and age with social media, we all have those people that we follow of like, I've literally never met this human before, but like, (laughs) I either know their day-to-day life. I know exactly what their weekend plans are going to be. Or like, I, you feel like, you know, them, like you feel like you could just sit down and have a conversation with them, which I feel is such a cool part of the society that we live in because we have that digital content. So by obviously documenting your journey for the long-term legacy aspect is amazing, but then also being able to document your journey and give that inevitably gives you content to share online, to share videos, to share pictures, to share, even if you're out of the studio, Hey, this is how I disconnect. This is how I get more grounded. Um, take a picture of you on a hike, take a few seconds to write a caption, post it, and then put the technology way because it can feel intimidating at times to try to like strategically market yourself, but it's also so empowering because we are in control, which has not always been the case historically, which I think is just so, so cool. Yeah. And I do want to offer a quick alternative because I know that some of our shy artists out there (laughs) might be a little hesitant to share what their personal life is like. So I would like to offer as an alternative if, because I do agree. I 100% agree with what you're saying. If someone can relate to you on a more human personal level, they're right. definitely more likely to be invested in you. However, um, if showing your personal, perhaps vulnerable side feels a little too much and you're more on the introverted side, then what I would invite you to consider instead is perhaps you could focus just on the art side, but expand it a little bit. So perhaps you were out at a park, right? And you Uh, you're into botanicals or you want a series where green is a predominant color. I don't know, but you don't have to be in the picture. You don't have to say, Hey, I'm here, here are my shoes. You could instead just show there's this amazing willow tree and it's calling out to me. And now it's inspiring me for the next series of work, or perhaps you're writing a poem or a piece of prose that goes along with it. Um, you know, something like behind the inspiration of it, uh, you could literally just show your dirty table <laughs> with yeah. things like that. So, uh, you know, or maybe you're ultra organized like Jackie here, and then you show <laughs> kind of your layout is. So uh, we do invite you to consider if sharing the personal site, which again, that is going to help for the record with people to connect with you. But if that feels too much, maybe the in-between step is to show more the art related side of that. And then- yeah go from there essentially. Yeah. And I do think that there is 
of course, value sharing like you as a human and as an artist. However, you are 100% right because with the control over the narrative, you also get to determine what is 100% off limits. Yep. Like for some people, even putting themselves physically in photos is a huge step, which maybe you might start by just like putting your hands, like you're holding a brush and doing an aerial shot of a work in progress. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you really do get a control in making sure that you aren't ever putting anything out there from a marketing perspective. It's kind of like a side tangent of like, <laughs> which is one thing we talk about in our level up artist community so much is like market yourself in a way that feels right to you. Because frankly, like, yes, you want to get a little bit out of your comfort zone sometimes. And if you have a certain goal or if that's a way you want to challenge yourself, then yes, finding a team of people and a tribe of people that will support you as you grow. But if there are certain things that you're like, I'm just not comfortable sharing this on social media or online, or even just in person, you don't have to mm -hmm. like even concepts behind your work. If you're not necessarily ready to talk about it from a mental, emotional standpoint yet, that's okay. But making sure that there are parts of your work and parts of your creative artistic development that people can get invested in. And that's how people, that's how you like start to define your identity as an artist and like marketing yourself. <laughs> Sorry, small tangent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it happens. We're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but also you can think about, you know, documenting this process, documenting your notes. It's a way that you can look at your evolution, right? Again, while you're still breathing, where you can look at your past work, perhaps, you know, going back to this uh, idea of sources of inspiration, if you're taking notes of your work, whether digital or written, um, anything wow. relevant that you've documented, you know, in relation to your artistic journey, um, it can help you evaluate your own evolution and decide whether there are any styles or elements you would like to revisit. Put it this way, you know, the comparison game, you don't want to do the comparison game against other artists. I mean, can you observe and look at, I mean, and in traditional education anyways, you are looking at other artists and you're even copying other artists if it comes down to it. Um, not to stay that way, obviously you want to move past that. That's just a part yeah. of the process, but think of it more of a, um, being able to look back and saying, okay, I'm down in the dumps. You know, I've been looking at all this amazing art on Pinterest or Facebook or Instagram, wherever it is, or even a museum. And, you know, when the, the inner critic kind of comes in and sneak attacks you and says, you'll never be good enough. Right. That's when you kind of look and revisit at your past work and say, okay, over the last X number of months, X number of years, look how far I've progressed. And if I had listened to that inner critic voice this whole time, I would have never, I would have stopped working. I would have right. never moved forward. And there's no shortcut to your best work. You have to sit and make the work. And yeah. that does include, and we've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit. You have to make not so great work first before you get <laughs> to the good stuff. You know, uh, there's several True. quotes out there. One of them is like, you have to make a hundred crappy pieces to get to the good one. Whatever that number looks like for you. And then over time, that number, hopefully, you know, is less. Yeah. But, there's no shortcut. You have to make the work. So when when you're in that situation, if you've been good about documenting your work, um, perhaps even pieces that maybe stayed in the study stage and never actually got flushed out all the way, or maybe you right. stored them and then you got stuck and you were like, er, it's like a half finished painting situation, which we're all guilty of at some point or another. Um, yeah. Then you can look back and perhaps say, okay, maybe it was a case of my skills did not match the outcome that I was yeah. like, I didn't have the knowledge and the experience with 
X, you know, X materials in order to uh, accomplish what my goal was with this subject, with this content right. that I was trying to bring, you know, that I was trying to bring to life. So sometimes it becomes a, oh, now is the time, or perhaps it's a, I had all these themes, guilty as charged for the record, <laughs> all these different subjects and styles that I want to explore, but instead of it looking like almost like fireworks in the sky, boom, 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 right. all different colors, all different styles, all different, where nothing is really cohesive. Um, sometimes what I personally do is I do have a running list of things I want to paint, knowing that I probably won't be around long enough to paint everything I want to paint, unless I yeah. different conversation. <laughs> in progress. <laughs> Vampire in progress. Still working on that. <laughs> 900 years, would so that be enough? Who knows? Um, oh my God, imagine how many paintings you would have. Given your current rate, that would be insane. I can't that would imagine. Be <laughs> but no, seriously, think about it. So what I'll do is I'll put, I have a running list of themes and subjects and things that I want to paint. And whenever I get to that point in my practice where whatever theme or series I'm done with, sometimes I already know what I want to paint next. Sometimes I'm in like, I'm not sure. Then I go back to that list and I may say, oh, uh oh, there was this theme I was like into. And that's part of, you know, recording your evolution and your journey where you yeah. can go back and say, I put this in the back burner. It's time. Let's bring it back up again. I'm emotionally ready or technique wise, I'm ready or yeah. um, in terms of maturity of my body of work, I'm ready, whatever. Or I'm just really, really excited about it and I can't wait. And I don't care about any of the other other factors. It is time. I have to do this now whatever your reasons maybe or combination of um, being able to document your journey is what's going to make it easier for you to actually go back and look at all the stuff and then decide how to move forward. Um, yeah. And, and how to carry through those things that you actually really, really care about that you want to continue to communicate. Yeah. I think that's especially important too, as you start growing and making work and especially start selling it because once you sell a piece to a collector, if you didn't document it, whether in progress or especially the finished painting, which we'll go into, like there are a few paintings from super early on that like, man, I wish I had a photo of this. Even if at the time I didn't like it and I just wanted to get it off my hands, maybe it was like a very early study that connected with someone and I'm glad it brings them joy, but like I wasn't necessarily sad to see it go. I think those are so important because yeah, it is maybe like this one element of it clearly stuck and evolved into this larger style that I couldn't even predict yet. And especially when thinking of more marketing materials for present day, the idea of like, once you start making enough work, especially a series or a cohesive style, you could turn all of that documentation into a coffee table book of sorts. So this would highlight what works in progress, the evolution of specific pieces, but also just your entire body of work as a whole, ones that you choose to include. And that is such a cool narrative that you can do in terms of, hey, look at this study that I did nine years ago. Then six years after that, totally not thinking about this study, this was a final painting I produced. And you can like almost after the fact, put those ties together. It's one of those like the, what was it? The line of a journey can only be seen when you look backwards. Like you can see how all these pieces 
Yeah. Oh, the, even though I didn't feel connected to this at the time, clearly there was something trying to get out. It may have taken five, six years, but you can see glimpses of it early on, which is so cool to have that documentation. And you never wish that you documented something less, unless you're like fighting Google photo storage, in which case there's more <laughs> storage. That's a technology question, but no one wishes that they took less pictures or less videos. Okay, so with all these benefits of documenting your process, you may be thinking, okay, what does that actually look like from a logistical, practical sense? So Adriana, what does, when we talk about documenting your journey and your creative process, what does that look like? Well, for me, my brain automatically goes to photos. So yeah. taking photos of finished paintings, taking photos of in-progress work, photos of your studio, messy and presentable, and uh, photos of you working, <laughs> preferably looking candid. I think those yeah. are the best ones. <laughs> Even if it's like a blurry photo of you walking past your paintings, I mean, that's still cool as opposed to like post static type photo. How about you? Yeah, I definitely love all of the photos, especially using the timer on your phone can be so helpful if you have an iPhone and I'm sure Android has it too, of just doing like a five or 10 second timer, taking a bunch of pictures. Um, but videos, I absolutely love. I think, mm -hmm. especially from a digital marketing space, that is taking up traction a lot. But even for my own benefit of watching, like you've talked about, you, you can see how you make certain marks if you want to recreate that, or even just showing a time lapse of a painting in progress, showing detail shots, or even zoomed out, showing your whole studio and how you move around the studio while you're making a work. Um, and one thing that I have actually thought about doing and have started doing for 2022 is creating small studio vlogs every couple of weeks. And so I'm not really sure what that's going to evolve into, but you can almost think of it as what some people will share on like Instagram stories in terms of not sharing the entire part of your day. You don't have to show exactly like, this is me walking out the door. This is me taking a sip of this. Like you can, if you want to, for sure, people share crazy stuff on the internet but really sharing, okay, like what are my thoughts during the creative process, showing time-lapse videos, and especially thinking about collectors that may not be on social media, seeing Instagram stories every week. How can I document that in a way that becomes an asset that shows every two-week progression or every month progression as a body of work progresses and really documenting that process from there, I think is super, super cool. Because especially from, as we've talked about with like sketches and things, I know Adriana, you have the most immaculate sketchbooks in the world, which we've talked about all the time. So I think that alone shows so much of your evolution as an artist too. So I don't know about immaculate. <laughs> Some of them definitely have uh, paint smudges here and there, but I would say I do try to have a variety of sketchbooks for my practice. And in as it relates to the subject of documenting your work and giving you actionable tips. Uh, loose sheets, you can keep them safe in folders, binders, archival boxes, keeping them all thrown in a drawer is probably not the best unless they're organized in there. Um, yeah. You can take photos of your work, either as you created or once a sketchbook is finished, you know, again, talking about sketchbooks and studies specifically, but either way, highly, highly recommend you keep a digital record if possible for easy retrieval later, even if it's all it is is you know, this is the month and this is the year, you can go into, you know, farther on down the road and get a little more organized, but at least um, definitely make sure those sketchbooks and whatnot, you, and, and loose sheets, loose studies, you're keeping them safe because they can get destroyed pretty yeah. quickly. 
Definitely. And they're always good to have for your own documentation. But of course, as marketing yourself as a business and as an artist, you do also want to share that with your future and past collectors. And so great places to do that are on your website, in a blog, in a newsletter, um, social media, YouTube, making an art book, if you would like, all things that we talk about a lot on this podcast. But of course, with all of this documentation, especially the digital, inevitably storage will become an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and real quick, I will address a part of the technology question real quick. uh, Oh yeah, the technology. Definitely relevant to what we're gonna dig into. Uh, Speaking of clouds and drives and things like that, and for some folks, you know, this may look like, do I put this in USB sticks or CDs back in the day or- Or slides, yeah. our old slides. Yeah, the print. old school printed slides. Yes. Look, all I have to say about this, at least as it relates to digital technology itself, the one biggest hint I can give you is, um, try to curate as best as you can what you save. We, or a lot of us, guilty again, we are very good about taking 16 different photos of this yeah. piece of work from different angles until we find the one we like. And it all syncs to the cloud, depending how your you know phone and devices are set up. That all takes storage. So essentially yeah. after you're done, or maybe soon after you're done, and we'll dig into some more of that uh, you know, towards the end, but whenever you're kind of reviewing what you have in there and you know, yep. Uh, think of deleting, I know it sounds scary, but think of deleting whatever pictures did not really make the cut. So you took 16, okay, maybe keep three tops. Especially if you're taking video, delete the ones you're not gonna use. If you're re-editing, cutting, whatever, you kept the original, now there's a time lapse, et cetera, et cetera. And you have like these 30, 60 minute videos as well, again, guilty. Go back and after you've made your edited, sped up versions that you want to use in social media and you can still use in the future if you need to go back and delete the old stuff all that takes a gigantic amount of storage now if you're already at that limit you're going too late now i have thirty-four thousand photos to go through and no time um then the only other suggestion i can give you and it's not going to break the bank it's not cheap but it doesn't break the bank either is get yourself an external hard drive really 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 easy to do you plug into your computer um some of them you can even plug in your phones or or transfer etc there's gazillion different ways to do this but essentially get yourself a physical uh preferably solid state so less moving pieces in there um piece of technology so we're talking about a hundred bucks honestly won't break the bank plug it in and then take all those different photos and things like that. And honestly, around that time, it's usually a great time if you haven't yet to start deleting stuff that honestly, you're like, oh, I remember that when I take 16 pictures of that paintbrush in a cup, like yeah, the extras, then transfer, keep it in a drive. They don't take up a lot of physical space. So that's your other option. Yeah. And one thing that I do, which I haven't I don't take that many of like the same type of picture or video or whatever. But one thing that I started doing about two years ago that has been so helpful is creating a monthly studio archive. So this is something similar to the process you mentioned, Adriana, but it's actually it's easier to do it kind of periodically, either the end of every month or once a quarter, having it in my calendar of, hey, update your image and documentation archive. So that's when I'll go through. And yes, if I have 20 pages at a specific event. Okay, if I were to write about this in a blog, if I were to 
posts about this as a throwback on social media, what would be the four or five pictures that I would want to highlight? They're ones, maybe I've already shared them on social media. Um, maybe they're already like edited and cropped. And these are like the best handful from the larger batch. Those are the ones that I basically make folders for like, let's say 2021. And I have a January folder, a February folder, a March folder, and basically any type of image or video or content that I produce that my future self may want to refer to, or as I grow, if I end up hiring an assistant that they would need access to, then I put it in that folder, especially thinking about if you ever did want to like offload and hire someone on to do your social media or marketing or website updates. It will make that so much easier because then all you have to do is just share that one larger 2021 folder with them. And they already have your like curated version of what you want them to have access to. They don't need to have personal access to your Google drive of pictures where you have birthday party and like, I don't know, whatever you take pictures of. They don't need to be seeing family photos next to art photos, next to random TikToks that I saved and recipes. <laughs> like that way you, it really minimizes the future stress of, I think I maybe took this around July. Turns out it was in April and you're like looking in the wrong spot. It makes it so easy because everything's already curated. It's like the best of the best. And that becomes content that you can easily grab for, mm-hmm. oh, I just need a vague studio picture of me working for this newsletter. Great. Here's all these pictures ready to go, already edited, already like approved from my past self that I can just insert in there and keep going. Yeah, no, I totally love that. I've also done the folder within the albums in my phone and I'll save because I'm like, I used to just take favorite or mark things as favorite, but now the favorites folder is absolutely ridiculous. Right. So now I'll just put them inside a folder inside my albums and they are organized depending what it is or what kind of project it is. And that just makes it so much easier. Oh. So much easier. <laughs> so if you find these tips helpful, please let us know. We look forward to seeing all of your beautifully documented creative journeys and processes and having those assets to share with your past and future collectors. I guarantee your future self will thank you for <laughs> Absolutely. And with that, we're going to wrap up today's conversation and we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, both of our blogs will be linked in the show notes where you can find episode notes and links to all of our other podcast episodes. If you want to stay connected with us on social, <laughs> if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes and share what you have learned, um, especially if you want to share with us some of these uh, documented, you know, parts of your process, let us know. You can find us on social media. I'm at Amate Art across all platforms. I'm at Jay Sanders Studio on all platforms. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>